Hi, and welcome to the Saturday, September 7th edition of the Land Grant Holy Land Tailgate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tiamanini. Every Ohio State football game day this season, I will be kicking off your morning with all of the details that you need to be prepared for that day's contest, whether you are watching the game at the shoe, road tripping to an away game, or enjoying it from the comforts of your own home. However, I will not be doing it all on my own because every week I will be joined by 610 WTV and sports reporter, the legendary Lori Schmidt, for her unique insights into the game with a peek under the hat. Today, the fifth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes will look to extend their 41-game winning streak over interstate teams when they welcomed the Cincinnati Bearcats into Ohio Stadium for a 12 noon Eastern time kickoff. In addition to the fact that the Buckeyes have never lost a game in the shoe to another Ohio team, this game carries extra importance as it is a homecoming for one of Columbus's favorite sons, UC head coach Luke Fickle. We will have much more on Coach Fick and his Bearcats in a few minutes. But first, today's game will be broadcast on ABC. On the call will be Bob Wischusen and Dan Orlovsky in the booth, and Allison Williams on the sideline, but not the one from Girls and Get Out, at least. I don't think so. Anyway, as always, the game can be heard on both 97.1 FM and 1460 AM, where the voice of the Buckeyes' Paul Keels will be on the call, along with Ohio State and Redskins legend Jim Lachey supplying color commentary, and Matt Andrews on the sideline reporting. Ohio State comes into the game as a 16-point favorite according to Bavada's sportsbook. The over-under has fallen a bit and is now down to 52 points as of recording time. On Friday, Ohio State head coach Ryan Day released the Buckeyes' depth chart and availability report, and like for Week 1, senior captains defensive end Jonathan Cooper and wide receiver C.J. Saunders will both be out, as will sophomore defensive tackle Teron Vincent. Cooper is reportedly recovering from surgery to repair a high ankle sprain, and Saunders was seen on crutches for the FAU game last week. Joining them on the inactive list will be wide receiver Cameron Babb, defensive tackle Noah Donald, tight end Cormonte Hamilton, safety Ronnie Hickman, linebacker Justin Hilliard, and defensive tackle Jaden McKenzie. No one was listed as a game-time decision this week. With sophomore defensive end Tyler Friday being cleared to return to action, he will start at the defensive end spot opposite preseason All-American Chase Young. The week one starter there, Jayshon Cornell, will move back inside to start a defensive tackle next to starting nose tackle Devon Hamilton. There are no other substantive changes on the depth chart this week. The temperature in Columbus at kickoff will be 71 degrees with mostly cloudy skies. There will be a slight chance of rain early in the game, but that will dissipate as temps rise to about 75 degrees. The humidity will drop as well from around 70% when the game starts, down into the mid-50s by the time the Buckeyes sing Carmen, Ohio. As always, Ohio Stadium gates will open two hours before kickoff, so at 10 a.m. today. Also, the doors to St. John Arena will open four hours prior to kickoff if you would like to make your way inside to get seats for the Skull Session. Again, those doors will open at 8 a.m. In an effort to improve the fan experience, Ohio State has wired the shoe for Wi-Fi throughout the stands and concourses. OSU faculty, staff, and students will automatically connect to OSU Wireless inside the stadium. But for any other fans, the shoe's Wi-Fi password will be OSU Fan Wi-Fi. That is lowercase OSU, capital F, lowercase A-N, capital W, lowercase I-F-I. All right, coming up after this short break, we will finally get to what you have all been waiting for, the brilliance and insight of 610 WTVN's Lori Schmidt. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are joined once again by the Mad Hatter of Columbus Sports reporting, Lori Schmidt. Lori, how are you? I am doing really well, man. In fact, I just got some cookies in the mail, so I'm doing really, really well. <laughs> good. Cheryl's cookies are always a good thing to uh, to have in midweek. So Ohio State is heading in to, for what all intents and purposes, should be a game that, if you just look at it on paper, they come away with handily. But there is so much interesting details about this game, especially centering around Cincinnati's head coach, Luke Fickle, coming back to Ohio Stadium, really, I would imagine, for the first time in his entire life as a visitor. I'm really interested about kind of these subplots that go on with this game. Yeah, there's a lot of linkage between Cincinnati and Ohio State. As you mentioned, uh, Cincinnati features three players who transferred out of Ohio State. Uh, Not only Luke Fickle, but Marcus Freeman is a former Buckeye. Three assistants, three other assistants, Brian Mason, Doug Phillips, and John Tenuta all spent part of their coaching careers at OSU. Uh, The head of their strength program, Brady Collins, immediately before joining the Bearcats, he was at OSU. Um, Mickey Marotti's son is at UC. Mickey Marotti now, Ohio State's strength coach. He was at Cincinnati for nine years, by the way, Marotti. And then um, you remember Christian Bryant, right? Oh, yeah, of course. His brother's at... uh, Cincinnati, a starting defensive back for them. So there's, there are a lot of ties between the two programs. And uh, to, the, to the extent that Cincinnati's game notes mention the word Ohio 242 times in their 39 pages. So <laughs> it's, it's a subject that might come up this week. Yeah, and I think so much of the conversation about this game from a Cincinnati perspective is that they have – all of the motivating factors, not only because Fickle is coming home and all of those other people are coming home, but as is often the case when a smaller team plays the, you know, the the bigger school in state, you always hear that same storyline of, well, these these players didn't get the recruiting look, so they've got a chip on their shoulder. They've got something to prove in this game. I, I, I do feel like everything in terms of motivation at least externally, is in Cincinnati's favor. But like you said, there are actually players who did get recruited by Ohio State and actually went to Ohio State and then left. So it's a <laughs> it's a really interesting dynamic in this game. And then add to the fact that Ohio State has not lost to an in-state opponent in 40, is it 41 games dating back to like 1920-something? Is that right? Do you know off the top of your head? It is 41 straight games, and they haven't lost to Cincinnati in particular since 1897. So oh, okay. it's been a while. <laughs> been a while, yeah. Um, so that'll be what. What else have you uh, kind of figured out and dug into uh, that might be compelling about this matchup? Well, I find it interesting that you talk about Cincinnati being the little brother um, because Luke Sickle hasn't exactly leaned into that. In fact, at his press conference this week, he talked about foreseeing a day when Cincinnati could win recruiting battles against Ohio State straight up, uh, which I found to be interesting. (laughs) Um, I also find some of uh, 
the Cincinnati storylines to be very fun. Uh, they have a starting right guard who is just three years younger than Brian Hartline. His name's Morgan James. He didn't even play football until he joined Cincinnati as a walk-on player. He was a hockey player prior to that. They also have another starting offensive lineman who uh, is German uh, and had only taken up the sport fairly recently. So they have a very interesting offensive line. Offensive linemen can be interesting people to begin with, but Cincinnati's especially. uh, And they lost. It also strikes me as very interesting that they've done very well in the trenches under Luke Fickle. And they looked like that is going to continue based on their performance against UCLA, but they lost three offensive linemen and three defensive linemen. So the way that they've looked to reload there has been really impressive to me. Yeah. What's the, what's the story on the, the Morgan James guy who was a hockey player and how, how old is he? Is he 28, 29? Is that right? 29, 29. He's three years younger than Brian Hartline, who's 32. So how did he decide, hey, I'm going to go walk on and play football at Cincinnati? Where did that come from? Or what was he doing beforehand? You said he was a hockey player. Was he a professional hockey player? What, what's that story? Semi-professional enforcer. And uh, I, I <laughs> he guess... Was it, he was a good. He was a good, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's how Cincinnati's game notes describe him anyway. I, I can't say that I ever watched a team that Morgan James <laughs> played on, so I... I, I, I haven't watched his hockey highlights on YouTube yet, so um, perhaps they're over-exaggerating there. But it, it appears he just didn't see a much of a future in hockey and so went and, and tried to be a, a football player and has done so successfully. He's now a graduate student at, at UC and a starting offensive lineman for them. So uh, he, he's had a very interesting career trajectory. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I like about this game, Matt, is that Luke Fickle once tried to cancel it. Oh, really? He admits that when he first left OSU for Cincinnati, he being there and Urban Meyer, who is a Cincinnati alum at OSU, they both briefly discussed the possibility of canceling the contest just because each of them would have had a very, well, not very, but a somewhat awkward position going into this contest. So it was something that came up, at least briefly. They dropped it right after that. But uh, the fact that Luke Sickle admitted to that kind of made me chuckle because he's a tough enough guy to admit that he wasn't feeling so tough at that moment. <laughs> well, and and it's interesting because there are players on Ohio State's team who will play on Saturday that fickle recruited and 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 even coached um so there is a lot of depth and 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 personal connections between the programs both just from a programmatic level but also on a personal level even though a lot of the coaches that fickle worked with especially on the defensive side of the ball are now gone from when he was in columbus pete warner was being recruited by luke fickle and he was on a recruiting visit to ohio state the day that Urban Meyer told his players that Luke Fickle was leaving to take the Bearcats job. And Pete was at that meeting standing there going, what just happened to the guy who was recruiting me? Yes. Yeah. I I would imagine, though, if you're on your recruiting visit, the guy who's recruiting you decides to leave while you're there um, probably makes you a little confused. Yes. It'll be interesting to see Luke Fickle on the sideline in Ohio Stadium not wearing scarlet and gray. He'll be wearing red, 
but uh, but but probably more red and black than scarlet and gray. Yeah, Drew Chrisman joked about that. We asked about the vetting process because Chrisman is one of the ten Buckeyes who are Cincinnati natives, and we wanted to know his vetting process for the people he's giving tickets for this game because you know. They're coming from Cincinnati. (laughs) Do you know for sure that they're going to be wearing scarlet and gray? And he basically said, well, red and black is close enough. So, yeah, it's definitely not one of those days where you're going to look up and notice where the opponent's fans are just because they'll be wearing similar colors. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Cincinnati is a team that, no matter who the head coach has been, has always played Ohio State fairly close, especially with better Ohio State teams. If you think back to the two years that Ohio State um, won national championships in the past couple decades, I think in both seasons, uh, the Bearcats gave Ohio State a scare, especially thinking back to the game that was played in Paul Brown Stadium back in 2002. Um, That was one that, for all intents and purposes, uh, Jim Trestle's team could have and maybe even should have lost. So if you're thinking Ohio State is good and then they go in and play Cincinnati and it's a really close game, that's not exactly uh, necessarily going to be an indication that they that the Buckeyes are not going to live up to expectations in a season. It will be a, a good measure, though, for where Ohio State is in terms of, you know, having a coach that's not necessarily so fire and brimstone as Urban Meyer was whether they can get up to the level that they need to from the motivational standpoint with a guy who's a little more emotionally level than than um, Meyer was on the sideline. Yeah, and, and I know you asked at the press conference on Tuesday if Ryan Day was kind of preparing his team by talking about Luke Fickle or, or Marcus Freeman or any of those kind of things. And he I wasn't 100% sure exactly what his answer was because he said they do talk about some of those things on Tuesdays, but they don't really get into a lot of the details. Did you get a sense of exactly what day was doing to kind of put games like this and not just this one, but maybe future games too, in perspective for his team? I do find it interesting because he does seem to be in it in terms of sharing history with his kids somewhere between Jim Tressel, who would have quizzed these guys on when the last time Cincinnati beat Ohio state was, he, he would have done that. Jim Tressel would have had them know who uh, Nippert was and, and why the stadium is named after him. And then urban Meyer, who was sort of the other extreme and uh, one of these guys to really focus on that week's game. I think Ryan day is somewhere between those two, but he, he also, referred to the fact that he thought that all of his players would know Luke Fickle's history. And I'm not sure that's quite true because to these guys, history is yesterday's sports center highlights. You know, I'm not sure that they, they truly know who Marcus Freeman was and what he meant here and, and how cool watching his ascent has been. So I do think that there is value to both approaches And I think Ryan Day tries to strike a balance between the guy who believes that teaching history gives a team perspective and motivation. I mean, let's face it. If you know you haven't been beaten by a team since 1897, you know how much is on the line for that game. And then the coach who says, okay, but I also want you to be ready for every single kind of schematic lineup that you bring into this game. And that's a lot to memorize. So maybe don't know that Nippert was the guy who was spiked by a Miami football player and died of blood poisoning. And that's why they named the stadium after him. So um, I think he's trying to strike a balance is what he was saying. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if that will necessarily be helpful to Justin Fields in trying to diagnose what kind of defense that Luke Fickle draws up. But I am glad to know who Nippert was because I just assumed he was a former coach or something. No, he was a player that was, you know, we talk about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry and how intense it is. Well, the Cincinnati-Miami rivalry killed a guy. Nipper was spiked during a game where there had been chickens on the field for some odd reason before the contest. So he got chicken defecation into the wound, died of blood poisoning. That's a fact that you can only get from Lori Schmidt. So, uh, and I did not mean to rhyme there, so I apologize. Uh, but Lori, <laughs> okay. thank you. Thank you for, uh, for all of that. That's great. I'm really excited about this game. I, I like you said, I think this will be a very important challenge for Ohio State to see where exactly they are on the season because the results were mixed after the FAU game and I think uh, a lot of people are looking forward to the Cincinnati contest to maybe perhaps get a little bit more insight into who Ohio State is and will be so thank you again Lori have a great time at the game and and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you next week as well I am expecting that interview to be done in iambic pentameter (laughs) yeah I've got I've got to work on more rhymed couplets Don't forget to listen to 610 WTVN's pre- and post-game coverage on your way to and from the shoe today. We'll be back for a final look inside the numbers and a prediction after this quick break. After a decorated career as a football player and wrestler at St. Francis de Sales High School in Columbus, Luke Fickle came to Ohio State, where after redshirting with a broken leg in 1992, he started 50 consecutive games, which was an OSU record that stood until 2017 when it was broken by Billy Price. The Buckeye nose guard racked up 212 tackles, including 26 for loss, and after tearing his ACL as an undrafted free agent with the New Orleans Saints, was brought back to Columbus as a graduate assistant under his former coach, John Cooper. After one season as a GA, Fickle spent two years as an assistant with the Akron Zips before returning to Ohio State in 2002 as an assistant coach. During his time working for Jim Tressel, he served as a special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and eventually co-defensive coordinator. When the whole tattoo gate fiasco went down, it was Fickle who became the university's sacrificial lamb and served as the team's interim head coach in 2011. After going 6-7 and seven that year, he stayed on as the defensive coordinator whenever Meyer took over, a position he held until he left for Cincinnati following the 2016 season. In total, as a player and coach, Fick held a 213-43-1 record at Ohio State, including 11 bowl victories and 14 victories over the team up north. However, Luke Fickle will not be wearing scarlet and gray on Saturday, trading in those familiar colors for the black and red of the University of Cincinnati. OSU and UC first played a college football game in the year of our Lord 1893, a contest which the team we now know as the Buckeyes won 32 to nothing. After OSU won the first three games in the all-time series, Cincinnati won back-to-back games in 1896 and 97, 8-6, and then 24 to nothing. But beginning in 1900, OSU has run off 11 straight wins in the series, including victories in both the last two national championship seasons of 2002 and 2014. This will be the first game between the programs since that 50 to 28 win in 2014, which was JT Barrett's fourth career start. 
Another fun note for this game is that there are 16 members of Ohio State's team that played high school football with a member of UC's team, and that all of those players came from Ohio. So there is no doubt that the recruiting grounds are fertile in the Buckeye State. Looking at the analytics, Football Outsiders F Plus ranks Ohio State as the fifth best team in the country, and UC is the 28th. They also have the Buckeyes as a 10.3 point favorite on a neutral field, so with their home field advantage, it is at 12.8 points. The SP Plus ratings from ESPN's Bill Conley have OSU as a 15.8 point favorite and gives them an 82% chance to win the game. Connolly also projects the score to be 34-19 in favor of Ohio State. His SP Plus has the Buckeyes as the seventh best team nationally, behind Wisconsin at fifth and Penn State at sixth, BT Dubs, and he has Cincinnati at 36th. However, in fairness, it will take a few weeks to compensate for the loss of production from Dwayne Haskins leaving for the NFL, so make of those numbers what you will. I personally think that they are A, underselling Justin Fields just a little bit, and B, not taking into account how thick of a shell the Buckeyes went into last Saturday after racing out to a 28-point lead. While I think that Fickle will have an expert defensive plan set to combat Ohio State's offense, eventually the talent differential will be just too much to handle. I will take the Buckeyes to win 42-16, with Fields throwing his first interception of the season, but countering with two touchdowns, either on the ground or through the air, of over 40 yards, and 275 yards passing en route to accounting for four total touchdowns. Lane Grant Holy Land will have you covered before, during, and after the game, so make sure that you are following us on Twitter at LandGrant33 and on Facebook at LandGrantHolyLand for all of the news, analysis, and sarcasm that you can only get from LGHL. You can also find me on Twitter at BWWMATT. Now, with all of that out of the way, there's only one thing left to say. Go Bucks!